morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online service. I'm so happy that you're here, and I believe God has a word for you that will strengthen your faith and produce victory in your life. Today we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Why don't you grab your Bibles and meet me over here? And we want to receive our tithes and offerings first today. Praise the Lord. We want to honor the Lord and put Him first. And I want to read to you verses 1 and 2 from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Praise the Lord. My friends, God has a plan, and it's really, really good concerning your financial future. He's got it all mapped out. He wants you to tie in to the power of his Holy Spirit. He wants you to connect with his financial covenant. It all begins with tithing. All of the promises really are held up on the platform of obedience. And if we are willing to be obedient and walk in the light of the Word of God and His incredible principles, we will get flight and airborne to every promise that God has called us to. That's where the manifestation kicks in at, at the point of understanding the principles of God's Word, His promises, as well as obeying what we know to do and carrying it out. Hallelujah. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. In other words, there's obedience directly linked to love. Here, we have something very interesting because we're going to jump a little bit deeper in this today in the message which uh, revolves around secrets of Jehovah God. And I want you to understand that some of the things that God has planned for you, they're, they're top secret. And He doesn't even want the enemy to know. And sometimes He'll begin to unveil this to us as we get over into the glory, over into the spirit realm. And one of the best ways to do that is by talking in tongues, speaking in tongues. It says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. That little phrase where it says he speaks mysteries, or she, if it's uh, your ladies that are watching this, that, that speaking mysteries can be translated as divine secrets, or hidden things, or even coded language. I like that. You can pull all of this literally from the Greek. Uh, the Greek is a uh, incredible language. Uh, in the English, we have limitations in space and our ability to express certain things. Our English language, although we've got some, uh, we have a, I say, a vocabulary, in some ways it's still very, very limited. Uh, but in the Greek language, it, uh, it has tremendous depth in the ability to express things. So here, when it says, uh, when, when referring to when you pray in tongues and speak in tongues, when it's saying that you speak mysteries, that literally can mean divine secrets, hidden things, coded language, secret plans, secret counsel. It even can refer to knowledge that's concealed from the ungodly, but revealed to the person who is righteous. So this is very, very powerful. The praying out of our heart 
speaking forth out of our mouth the language that the Holy Spirit would give utterance to, which is that of tongues. And you'll begin to find that God's plan for your finances will unfold. I want to give you some more nuggets today from the secret counsel of God. It's all in God's word, but a lot of it uh, is, is coded or even veiled to people that don't want to walk with God in the spirit. But my friends, you can begin to soar in this and watch the amazing things that God will do. Well, initially it all hinges and begins on obedience. So let's do that. Let's honor the Lord right now with an obedient act of bringing in the holy tithes and offerings into the storehouse. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, the Lord said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, which is my house. He said that my house is the storehouse. That's what God was saying. His work, his kingdom assignments, praise God. So this ministry, by the grace of God, functions as a spiritual storehouse. And you can bring your tithes and offerings here into this ministry, into this storehouse, and we will use it to continue to preach the good news of Jesus Christ all around this wonderful world. Praise God. So if you want to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, zip code 28. 117. If you would like to uh, go online and bring them in safe and secure through credit card transaction, you can do that. Please visit our ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings. We've made that very convenient for you. And you can just click on that, bring the tithes and offerings in anytime, day or night. Look, anytime money comes into your possession, anytime wealth, uh, how can we say, anytime a financial blessing comes into your possession, a tenth of that belongs to the Lord. Always tithe, and always tithe first before you do anything else with your money. And you will begin to see that the financial covenant, God engages that with you, and marvelous, marvelous things will happen in your life financially. Father, I pray for your people that as we go into this teaching today about praying things out in the Spirit, and understanding some of your secrets, which you want to have manifested. I pray, Father, that your people always be quick to walk in the light of your word, that they be quick to be obedient. Father, we just give you praise. You said in Isaiah 119 that if we are willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. So we just praise you for obedient hearts. We thank you, Father, that we are tithers. Bless your people as they are bringing in the tithes into the storehouse and also as they sow seed towards special ministry projects. We just give you praise for that. Father, we thank you in Jesus' great name. And today we all shout and say, Amen. Praise God. Well, I tell you what, I really like that verse. It says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. When you're praying in the Spirit, your spirit is directly praying to God. Not even your brain understands a t language in other tongues. Uh, unless, of course, there is a interpretation. There can be times when you want to interpret your tongues. But on the normal flow of that, it's bypassing your mind. It's your spirit directly communicating with God. For no one understands him, however, in the spirit... And that's where you need to move to, my friends. You need to, uh, you need to develop your spirit 
Uh, a lot of people, they, they exercise. They're really into the gym. Some people go to the gym for a couple hours a day. And you know what? If you do that, your, your physical body is really going to be in good shape. There are benefits to that uh, from the sp- uh, perspective that it's just like a house. If you keep it well-maintained, it's, it's not really going to have problems because it's kept up all the time. So if you take good care of your body, that's a blessing. But some people do that to the expense of their spirit. Uh, same thing intellectually. You want to develop your mind. You want to read. You want to uh, constantly uh, be educating yourself in the things of God and in your career field because they have now learned, uh, and it's been proven through medical science, that the brain has no ceiling when it comes to learning. It's not like a computer uh, a computer. Uh, file where you can only cram so much data or storage in there and then the file's full and we can't get anything else in there. Your brain's not like that. Your brain can just go on and on forever and even into eternity, never uh, reaching what we would call a uh, full storage. There will always be room. It's just amazing how God has created it. But even still, with your with your intellectual expansion, with your reading of knowledge and so forth, you still don't want to neglect your spirit because you need to get over into the spirit. This is where the rich treasures of God are at. Your body, uh, just give it the exercise it needs. Your mind, take care of it, keep it sharp. But you, you need to take time, my friends, to get over in the spirit and experience things that can, that can happen so quickly in the glory, that can happen so quickly in the spirit that what can happen in one moment with God could have taken you 10 years or maybe even a lifetime, maybe even never within a lifetime to have achieved something that God can do in just a very, very brief moment. That's why you need to build up, edify your spirit. And so when you're, you get over in the spirit and you're speaking and and praying in tongues, you speak mysteries. You are speaking out the secret plan that God has for your life. You are speaking out a coded language, praise the Lord, that the angels can understand and God can understand. But uh, if it goes into a heavenly language, the enemy has no clue in the world what you're talking about. He cannot interpret your tongues. You are praying out divine secrets, hidden things, and secret counsel. Praise God. And there comes a moment when all of that, uh, for a better term, it just gets cashed in you actually step into eventually what you have prayed out. That's why you need to spend quality time praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit. Now, I want to talk about a certain uh, scriptural revelation that I believe in many ways is is breaking forth new in the body of Christ. It's not like, uh, you know, if you do a, a search for this on the Internet, that you're going to pull up a ton of information, but uh, so, th- but this is something new that God's doing, and it really is for the church in this day and in this hour. So let's talk about it, keeping in mind also that as we read these scriptures, which are going to be very marvelous, that the promises they are they are obtained through faith, and we also must walk in obedience to the Lord. If God tells you to do something and you don't do it, it's really hard for God to get that blessing over to you, praise God. So it, uh, we have to make it uh, a working relationship with the Lord. Now, I want you to go all the way back to the book of First Samuel, 
and we're going to actually talk about one of the secrets of God that's found in his name, okay? I want you to go back with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and uh, this, of course, would have been one of the most memorable, memorable days in the life of David. Oh, this is so exciting. Let me catch up with you. We're going to go to, uh, yes, there it is, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17, and I would like for you to uh, join me there in verse 2. Praise God. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word that your secrets be revealed to our understanding, that it not just be ink on paper or like a history lesson, but it be things that we can take and apply to our lives today and let us pray into it and unravel more of this in the coming days. We thank you in Jesus' name. We all say amen. This, my friends, is the story of David and Goliath. I want to start in verse 2. It says, And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. I'm really excited because for the first time after the various tours I've been involved on and the tours that me and Kelly have uh, led to Israel, this will actually be the first time uh, coming up uh, later this year that we will actually go to this literal site where David and Goliath met in battle. I'm very excited about that. And by the way, if you want to go on the tour, please visit our website. All the information is there. Now, verse 4, and a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath. Well, it goes into detail about Goliath, his size, his, his height, and uh, these various measurements. Uh, so this is very, very important because giants, they bring terror. They bring confusion. They're, they're designed to bring discouragement. And you have to understand how to deal with giants. And in nature, they are large. Goliath was literally nine feet, nine inches tall. He was a ginormous person. You, you stop and think about it. Nine feet tall and nine inches. If he just stood on his toes a little bit, his head would be higher than a basketball rim. You know, a uh, official basketball rim is 10, 10 feet is the regulation height. So his head without even jumping, without even lifting his hands, his head alone is already uh, touching the rim just by pushing up on his toes a little bit. So you will read and find out that he's covered in thick bronze armor, and that armor, uh, if it were put all together and weighed, and it, it was, it's recorded here, weighed 175 pounds. I have a feeling, and I think I'm probably right on this, that all of this armor, 175 pounds of it, probably weighed more than David did completely. I mean, David is still a young man at this time. Uh, he could be exiting the teenage years, maybe moving out of the age of 18 or 19. Some people think that he was even as young as 17. But he also could have been uh, in his early 20s when this began to unfold. So we don't know the exact date, but I, I don't think that uh, David was a guy that weighed over 200 pounds. So I think the armor that Goliath wore, just his armor, weighed more than what David did. Now, it says that the tip of Goliath's javelin, or his spear, weighed 15 pounds. And so just, you know, you're carrying a spear and the tip 
way out there is 15 pounds. And look, he's he's carrying these things not in the clumsy way. He can move around very fast. Uh, Goliath was trained as a warrior uh, from the uh, basically from the point he could walk from the time he was a child. He was brought up as a trained professional warrior. And so he can move very fast in this armor. In other words, it wasn't hard for him to carry around. So he was tremendously strong, easily able to move all this armor and to throw a javelin with just a tip alone weighing 15 pounds. So uh, people that have examined his height and his body structure, uh, just, you know, getting a perspective of this from the scriptures, you know, say very easily, he probably weighed over 700 pounds. So this is a huge figure. Uh, just uh, towering over what a normal man would be, and uh, a tremendous intimidation and cursing and profanity being blasted out of his mouth towards the people of God. Well, let's dig into it a little bit more now. Verse 8, Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel, and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. How about that? It's basically he's offering a winner-take-all. If I win, you guys all surrender. Uh, and if uh, you win, well, uh, which you're not going to, well, we'll just all surrender to you, winner take all. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. That's what giants are designed to do, intimidate to uh, in in some ways to terrorize, to strike fear into your heart, to dismay, to deflate all of your hope, to plunge you into despair and make you think there's no way, there's no option, and to produce fear. See, they were dismayed. That means they had no clue of what to do. And that's not a good place to be when you when you stop and think, there is no way to beat this guy. And we, we logically cannot figure out anything out to do to solve this problem. And they were also greatly afraid. A very, very bad combination here. Well, verse 12, David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. Okay, so he's got eight sons. So we have David having seven brothers. For the sake of time, let's move down to verse 16. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. 40 days is often used in Scripture as a time of testing, of trial. Jesus going into the wilderness for 40 days of tempting and testing and trial. The number 40. Okay, so you had the, the children of Israel in the wilderness. You have, you have all these different things. The number 40 representing trials and hard challenges. So this is going on 40 days, morning and evening. So it's wearing out the people of God. And it's not that they were, that they were having little skirmishes all over on the side that would break out from time to time. The main battle never was joined, but this is also psychological warfare. And the enemy understands that. He, uh, he does try to wear you down mentally. Many of these battles are with 
invisible giants where uh, you just receive reports that it's impossible, blah, 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 whatever the case might be. So whether you see the giant or whether you don't, they can come against you with psychological warfare and try to defeat you by hitting you day after day. Verse 22, when David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. Now, for the first time, David sees Goliath. He sees what all the talk is about, and he's able to identify the enemy for the first time. Verse 24, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. I mean, this giant is striking terror into the hearts of the people. I know that it's easy to read the end of the story. We know what happened. We're very familiar with it and kind of uh, skip over this great cloud of trouble that the people of God are under just thinking, well, they're going to win. So no big deal. But you know, until that battle's won, it is a big deal. You're, you, you are fighting these things and it is thick and it is furious and it is hot and it is heated and it's not like it's a fun place to be you you are in you are in a full on assault and it's during times like this when things can appear to be very very hopeless you need a secret of Jehovah to be revealed to you because all it takes is one secret from God to walk you out of this. Now today, as a new covenant believer, you can get over in the spirit. You begin to pray in tongues and God begin to soothe you and comfort you. Uh, just like it talks about in Isaiah, the refreshing that would come through this language. And that's what we now have the privilege of having. But my friends, they didn't have that back then, but they did know something about the name of God. I want to share that with you in just a moment. So they're, they are dreadfully afraid. And this is a real problem. They don't know how to solve. Well, David hears about the three rewards that are offered. Remember, God gives rewards as motivators. If you didn't have motivation, it's very unlikely that you would go for it. Why risk your life? Why risk possible death if there's nothing if there's nothing in it that would benefit you in any way? Why train for four years and work out and try to make the Olympic team if you're not even going to get anything? Well, we just we know we let all runners finish equally. It doesn't really matter who wins or not. No, no. If you're not going to win, if there's not going to be some form of reward, we're not going to do it. I know some people think, oh, well, the Pastor Stephen, you know, you're trying to be spiritual. You know, we should all just give our best. Anyhow, well, look, nobody's going to work a 40-hour week job and then not get paid. The first thing they're going to say is, you're, no, I worked. We agreed that you're going to pay me. You must pay. And so there, there is reward motivation. You work, put in extra hours for overtime. Why? So you can do it for fun because you just like to sweat? No. So you can earn earn extra money. Woo, praise God. So we we are given rewards as motivators. God works the same way. Praise God. Uh, so the three rewards uh, were, were, number one, great riches. Uh, the man who kills the giant will also get the king's daughter. And the father's house of the, of the man who kills the giant will be exempt forever from taxes. Wow, heavy duty. How about that? I mean, you're not just exempt. Your whole household is exempt. Wow, man. Oh, praise the Lord. Somebody in the family needs to step up. Where, well, you know the story. David did step up, and it's time for him now to face Goliath. Verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, 
and with the javelin. How about that for a repertoire? He's got he's got weapons all over him, just in case maybe one breaks or maybe one's not the best weapon for this uh, opponent. He's got all kinds of uh, uh, different things to work with. And David says, you come with all this stuff, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Okay, I want you to catch something there. I think it's important that David says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel. I think the Holy Spirit showed me something. And when I say I think he showed me something, I know he showed me something. But I think that some of you have been trying to get into the door of victory with the wrong key. I think I'm talking to some people who've been experiencing that. And you know you're supposed to win. Uh, and you're using the key, you know you're at the right door, but it's not getting unlocked. Here's what I think some of you are doing. You're facing your Goliath. You're facing your impossible situation that's gigantic, diff- making li- your life difficult, saying you're never going to break through, you're never going to achieve, you're never going to win, and you're facing it, and you're saying to it, I'm coming to you in the name of Jehovah Rapha, uh well look if if david was in a situation where he needed physical healing uh, maybe he would stand in front of the giant and say you i'm going to take you out because you're like a representative of a disease or something like that but david didn't say that he didn't say i come before you in the name of jehovah rapha the lord god who is my healer the giant probably would have thought boy that's a strange god you're going to fight me with your healing god You know, you have to use the right key. This is not the time to come before your giant and say, I come before you in the name of Jehovah Shalom. The Lord God, who is my peace. I know. I tell you what, I know we're about to have a war. We're going to fight each other, but I just feel the peace of God. Why don't we just sit down and have a little picnic before we have the battle? I just, I just feel so much peace. No, no, that it's not the place for that. It's not the place for that revelation of that name to be used. Neither. Now watch this uh, and hold on, hold on to your seats on this one. This is not the place for those of you who need a money breakthrough, who need a financial blessing, who maybe even need a financial miracle. This is not the place for you to say, I come to you, Goliath, in the name of Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, who is my provider. That, that, that's wonderful, but that's not the place for this. Well, Pastor Stephen, why not? What's the difference? Well, when Abraham was on that mountain and he needed provision for a sacrifice, well, of course, we know that he's walking in obedience. He's willing to sacrifice his own son and it even endeavors to try to do it. And his he can't bring the knife down. The angel stops him. Well, we still need to have a sacrifice. And he turned around, and there's a ram who's gotten his horns caught in the thicket. How about that? Right behind you, right in that thicket over there. Can you believe that? That's just what we need. We need a ram. And it's even got his horns caught in the thicket. That's going to be so easy to, to sacrifice. And so he got a revelation and said, he said, Lord, your name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who will see to it that your needs are met. Literally, that your every need is met. Well, Pastor Stephen, why can't we use that when we face Goliath? How come? How come? Because when Abraham received a revelation of God as Jehovah Jireh, 
there was no warfare involved. There's no enemy trying to climb up that mountain with guns or with spears saying, Abraham, we're going to stop you from establishing a covenant. We're going to stop you from going through with this thing with your son. We're going to just kill you right now. None of that's going on. No, he walked up the mountain with his son peacefully, had a nice hike, you know, three-day journey. Uh, no warfare at all. It's just it's just a matter of obedience. The whole thing was about obedience. He obeyed. He's good to go. He caught the revelation Jehovah Jireh. But here David's not saying, I come to you, Goliath, in the name of Jehovah Jireh, and all of your weapons are going to be rendered ineffective against me. No. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And that is the key that you need to use, I feel, right now in this season of your life to unlock and open the door of victory. This is a secret of Jehovah. This is one of the revelations of his name because you've been trying to open the door of victory with the wrong key. Glory be to God. Whenever you see the name Lord of hosts, that is the military name for God. Translate it Jehovah Sabah. Praise God. Go ahead and say it. Feels good to say it. Jehovah Sabah. It's actually spelt Jehovah T uh, Sabah. T S A B A. But the T is silent and the B sounds like a V. Jehovah Sabah. Praise God. And what it means is the Lord God who is the commander and the captain of the angelic armies. So this is who David says, I'm coming to you in the name of Jehovah Savah, the captain of the angelic armies, and God's with me. I got a whole angel back up. You can't see them, but they're with me. That's basically what he's saying. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Savah, the God of the armies of Israel. Now see, this is the military title of God's name. The Lord Jesus taught his disciples to pray in this way. Father, hallowed be your name. Well, what is the name of God? Jehovah Shalom, the Lord God who is my peace. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, Jehovah Tesikanu, the Lord God who is my righteousness. Uh, on and on it goes. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord God who is my banner. Eight compound names of Jehovah God. But this name here is the name that always relates to God when there is an element of spiritual warfare taking place. And you need to go before the Lord and worship Him and pray in the Spirit and worship Him as Jehovah Savah. And when you do that, you will see that the Lord, the commanding officer over all of the millions upon millions, even billions of the angelic army will be released to come to your aid. Glory to God. Jehovah Sabah, the Lord who is captain of the angel army. Now, I think it's important for you to visualize and realize that in heaven, there is a literal army. I, I know it sounds a little bit of a contrast, because when you think of heaven, you think, finally, no more warfare. Heaven, a place where we can just lay down and, and uh, kick back on a cloud and have, have angels just flip cherries into our mouths, right? With, with no pits in the cherries. How about that? It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, you can do that too, praise the Lord. But here's the thing. Despite all the glory and all the peace and all the good stuff in heaven, there's still an active army in heaven. 
and it is made up of angelic soldiers who are specifically created by God to fight wars. These are not messenger angels. These are not little cute cherub angels. These are not guardian angels. These are army soldier warring angels. There is an army in heaven and it's made up of angel soldiers. What do, what do armies do? They go to war. What do the soldiers do? They, they fight and they stop the opposition and bring victory. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, it says in the book of Exodus chapter 15, verse three, it says the Lord is a man of war. Don't ever forget that. I know that the Lord is love. Behold, the Lamb of God. He, he, he's the Lamb. He's, he's the ultimate in, in compassion and in sweetness and in love and in the, the ability to comfort. But he is also a man of war. And you need to understand that, that about, about, about the Lord. David understood that. David was a mighty warrior. He could go off the battle, and then after the battle's over, after he's won, and he's wiped out a bunch of bad guys, he could sit down and, and p play with sheep and write a nice, little, uh, a nice little psalm while he's playing on the harp. How about that for a shift? Well, you have to understand the multifaceted character and nature of God. The name is an identity. This name gives God the title, which is a military identification of his amazing name. So the Lord is a man of war, Exodus 15, 3. Remember the context of, of Exodus 15. This is, this is the oldest song in the Bible. This is right after they had crossed out of Egypt, crossed through the Red Sea, popped up on the other side, and the world's mightiest army, that, now listen to this. The world's mightiest army that had followed them and had tried to kill them the, of the superpower nation of the day, their entire superpower army was entirely destroyed in one day. Woo! And that's when the song broke forth and the singing declared, the Lord is a man of war. I tell you what, the Lord can wipe out an entire nation's army in one day. And he's going to take out your little Goliath. Praise God. That's tried to block and, and hinder a flow of God, a blessing from coming into your life, something big breaking forth in your life. God's going to thump that little Goliath out of your life. Jehovah Savah. The captain of the angelic army. I'm talking about a revelation, a secret of Jehovah. Jehovah Savah is going to move in your life in a very powerful way. And his angels are going to work to accomplish something very, very significant in your life. It will be a breakthrough moment in your life. You'll, you'll look back from it 10 years from now and you'll say that was a watershed moment in my life when the Lord sent his angels and that mighty work was accomplished. Psalm 24, 8, when it's talking about the glory of God, the glory of the Lord, who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Don't forget that the Lord mighty in battle. He likes to win. Glory to God. He doesn't lose. Hallelujah. Psalm 46, 7 says the Lord of hosts is with us. Well, who is the Lord of hosts? The Lord of hosts is Jehovah Savah, the captain of the angelic armies. In other words, the Lord of hosts is the source 
of your security. Well, Pastor Stephen, it seems like right now that my life in some ways is being held together by a thin thread. And if the thread wears anymore, it's going to snap, it's going to snap and then it'll just domino and everything will begin to come apart. But let me say this, God holds your life together. Praise God. Hallelujah. And if you will just trust God and believe God, he will not only get you through, he'll get you through with a smile on your face. Hallelujah. He'll give you a victory that's so sweet, and you'll be so glad that you trusted him along the way. So what I want you to do is we began our teaching today on praying in the spirit. You need to get over and pray in the spirit and begin to worship God in English and in spirit as Jehovah Savah and ask the Lord to release angels into your life for breakthroughs that God would send these warring angels into your life to stop the Goliath, to stop the Goliath. Hallelujah. And to give you the breakthrough that you need. Let me, let me tell you when that, when that stone came out of David's sling. That thing came out like a like it had been fired from a rifle. It sunk into Goliath's head. And he had, remember, you read the story, uh, chapter 17, he had a bronze helmet on. He was covered. He was completely covered with, with uh, armory. But there was a place, one place where it could go. And the Spirit of God just touched David's arm, and that sling got hurled so fast, that stone came out of there probably going 600 miles an hour, just like a bullet coming out of a rifle, a high-powered rifle, and it hit him in the head, and it sunk into his forehead, just like it had been fired from a high-caliber gun. Praise God. I'm talking about God's power being released, the angels of God moving in your life, storm plowing, anything out of the way, giants, junk, Anything that needs to go, get ready. Jehovah Savah is ready to move in your life. Lord, we give you praise today. The word Savah, or the word host, is used 486 times in the Bible. By the way, you'll never find it in the first five books of the Bible. You also won't find it in the book of Joshua or Judges. The first time it pops up is in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 3, and then a few verses over, I believe it's verse 10, where Hannah, walking in a revelation of Jehovah Savah, cries out to the captain of the angelic armies, saying, Oh God, let's make a deal. You give me a child, and I'll give that child to you for service. Woo, hallelujah. And Jehovah Savah, he liked that. A deal was made. And as you know, that was the birth and the introduction of Samuel into uh, the nation of Israel as a mighty prophet. And by the way, also in 1 Samuel, you'll begin to see more mentions of Jehovah Savah. And particularly in the prophets, it really begins to roll during times of national calamity, when it was like the nation was on edge and everything was just going to go in, into complete destruction mode. That's when Jehovah Savah would be, re be revealed and his power would be released. Lord, we give you praise today. So the name Sabah is used 486 times in the Bible, excuse me, Old Testament, it's most often used, now catch this, it's most often used in reference to when you are right at the end of your rope, when you've reached your end, and there appears to be no other source of help available. 
That is when Jehovah Savah loves to come on the scene to those who worship him, to those who know that special character, uh, that special aspect of his name, that special quality of, of who he is. He loves to come in and bring his angelic army with him, release those angels, and just see miracles start popping in your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to get a heavy-duty miracle. Somebody, you're going, to, you're going to begin to worship the Lord. You're going to begin to worship the Lord of hosts. Some of you have never even known what the name Lord of hosts meant. But you're going to begin to worship the Lord of hosts, knowing that means Jehovah Savah, knowing that is translated as the Lord who is captain of the angelic armies. And you're going to have more angelic activity in your life in the next month than you've had probably in the last 10 or 12 years. It's going to be absolutely incredible. So I want you to get ready for that because the more you pour out worship to the Lord, get over in the spirit, praise the Lord and worship the Lord in the spirit as Jehovah Savah, you're going to see, you're going to see some amazing things begin to go forth in your life. This is a secret today of Jehovah. Now, praise God. You usually come to discover this quality, this element of Jehovah God his revelation of his name as Jehovah Savah in your times of weakness. When Goliath seems so big and so strong and you seem so weak and you, you think, Lord, I, I have no ability in my own self to do this. That is when you discover the Lord, the captain of the angelic armies can come in and give you victory where it seems impossible in the natural. Praise God. Now, I want to show you a few things that are very, very interesting as I want to bring this now into a point of understanding. Worship the Lord as Jehovah Savah, the captain of the angelic army, and why you need to begin to really pray in the spirit because of the critical time which we are in right now in church history where some things that are so awesome and good are going to begin to break forth for the church that you not only want to hear about it, you want to be eating the good of the land. Okay, so let's talk about that as we are now talking and discussing along a prophetic line. Zechariah chapter 2, please turn over there. By the way, you see the term Lord of Hosts used often throughout the book of Zechariah, a book that's pretty much written in a sense by an angel. So Zechariah is just writing down what the angel's saying, but it's the angel that's doing uh, much of the speaking, and he's just writing it all down. Praise God. So let's look at some end time events that are that are going to unfold in the church age which you and I are now living in. We're in Zechariah, excuse me, Zechariah chapter 2. Let's go to verse 8. For thus says the Lord of hosts, stop right there. Don't skip over that. Who is the Lord of hosts? Jehovah Savah. Who is that? This is the commander over all of the armies of heaven. Woo! Glory to God. God could send one special angel into your life tonight that can, pre that can completely bring the deliverance into your life that you need. And you wake up tomorrow morning and Goliath just boom, gone, just like that. Praise God. Get ready for the power of God to be released into your life. For thus says the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. 
For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. For surely I will shake my hand against them, and they shall become spoiled for their servants. Then you will know. So there is a proof. There is an evidence that Jehovah Sabah has been up to something. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Then you will know that Jehovah Sabah has done these things. Woo! What is it? What, what can we look for? This is what you're going to be looking for. He sent me after glory. The Lord's going to go after the glory of the nations. He's going to go after those who have plundered his people. And he's going to shake. He is going to shake his hand against them. All over the world, not just America, all over the world, God's people, the church, has been plundered. And God's going to shake things. And God is going to shake the glory. What is the glory? In this context, it's the wealth of the nations. And God's going to, he's going to shake it in a way that it begins to come into the possession of his good stewards who walk in strict biblical obedience to the will of God. Okay, so if you want to get in on this, it's wide open and it's open right now. Praise the Lord. God wants you to participate in what will be an unprecedented economic blessing upon the church. Now, something is already going on in the American church. For the first time in history, this nation now has a multi-billion dollar president, a president who's worth billions of dollars and who absolutely loves the church. Even if you didn't vote for Mr. Trump, you have to admit he loves Christian leaders and he loves the church. So my friends, God God is working through this man, and God is going to cause financial provision. You watch. It's already happening. He's going to cause financial provision to flow into the church unlike anything the church has ever seen before. How is this going to happen? Jehovah Sabah, he's already working. I, I, know, I know what the Lord's up to. He's already working, and angels are already involved in this, and the shaking has already begun. We need to talk a little bit more about it. Let's go to Haggai chapter 2. Just turn back to the left just a little bit, and we're there. Haggai chapter 2, verse 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts, who is the Lord of hosts, the captain of the armies of heaven with all of the angels that are in there, warring angels, soldier angels. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the one who's over all of the armies of heaven, Once more, it is a little while. Well, it's been a little while. It's been over 2,000 years now. I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and and dry land. See, it's now. It's going down now. And I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. You can never separate the glory of God, the beauty, the majesty, the wonder of God from the financial provision of God. Verse 8, the silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. It's the Lord's. I just need to insert that. It's not the devil's. It's not the devil's. It does not belong to Satan. He does not have ownership or the right to one ounce of silver on the entire planet. It's God's. 
Hallelujah. There's going to be a shaking. Watch. There will be a shaking. And God's going to remove, God's going to move wealth and assets and resources and property and all kinds of financial provision into the hands of his people. You're going to see the gospel preached on every single format that you can imagine. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm, 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 mm. There's going to come a day very soon. You're going to watch the Super Bowl, and you're going to see you're going to see commercials that are paid for by Christian ministries that are that are promoting salvation in Christ alone. You're going to see you're going to see things where the empires that appear that they have the wealth. You're going to see God do such incredible shaking where God's people. Now here's here's the thing, and I'll be I'll be flat out honest with you. You can't love money. You're going to have to love the Lord. And if you have a problem with sticky fingers, and you just somehow think in your heart God's going to give this all to me, and you have no intention, you don't even have a hunger for uh, for uh, for mission work. You don't even have a, a hunger to see the gospel preach. Look, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for you. But if you want to step into this, you have to say, Lord, I'm in on this. I know you'll bless me. But I know also that much of this, most of this, is is to be spread out. If you want to be an end-time Joseph, where you're entrusted with this incredible wealth, you're going to have to be willing to follow in strict obedience to the Lord, where you do with it what He tells you to do with it. And if you're willing to do that, God can engage you and work with you. But if you're not, He will bypass you and find somebody that is obedient. Praise God. So you must have a heart that's right before the Lord in this. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, I will shake heaven and earth. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts, the captain of the angelic armies. And in this place, I will give peace, says the captain of the angelic armies, Jehovah Savah. My friends, something significant is taking place in the body of Christ right now. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22 says that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. And I, I'm not talking about going over to somebody's house or going somewhere that's a, a sinner and taking something. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about you tapping into things through the wisdom of God, the mind of God, the flow of God, and God's going to show you things that are going to be absolutely amazing concerning how wealth is going to be transferred into the body of Christ. Very quickly, I want to talk about it in the book of James. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Mm -mm. There's Hebrews. Let's go to James, which is right after that. James chapter 5. Proverbs 13, 22 does say that the wealth of the wicked is laid up, stored up. It's kept in hold for the righteous. Psalm 105, 37 says that when the Israelites came out of Egypt, they came out with silver and gold. Well, Pastor Stephen, I thought that all belonged to the devil. Well, if it did, why, why are they coming out with it? And God gave it to them. Praise the Lord. Healing evangelist Catherine Kuhlman prophesied and said that when the Lord comes back for the church, the catching up of the church, there will not be one sick person in the body of Christ, and there's not going to be a broke person either. God does not want his people to be financially destitute. Praise God. I, I know we will have the poor with us always. That's what Jesus said. But that doesn't mean we have to have them in the church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My friends, God wants to transform your thinking. He wants to transform your expectations. 
Glory to God. James chapter 5, verse 1. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you, and you will eat your flesh, excuse me, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up, remember Proverbs 13, 22, you have heaped up, you have laid up treasure in the last days. You have heaped up deposits of wealth, is what one translation says, in the last days. Well, when has all of this wealth been heaped up? When has it been stored up? In the last days. When are we living? We're Look, my friends, we're living in the last days. Even Paul was referring to the last day calendar that the moment that the church age began moved us into the end time dispensation. Okay, so this is the last days. So where are we at on God's time clock? We are at the last days of the last days. And this is the time where the silver and gold are going to be moved. This is the time where there's going to be assets flowing, and God is going to cause the gospel to be preached all over the world. There's going to be Christian networks. There's going to be Christian television. There are going to be satellites. Finally, there will be satellites that Christian businessmen and Christian ministers will own. I'm not just talking about the airtime. I'm talking about the satellites. And by the way, if you want to get a satellite in space, $270 million to get it up there on the rocket. Praise the Lord. But, you know, then, you, of course, you have to have the satellite manufactured and built. All in all, you're, you're looking at pushing towards half a billion dollars. But there will come a time when we're going to own the satellites. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. My friends, this is the last days. This is the unfolding of Jehovah Savah. Watch this. Verse 4, indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers. Let me stop just for a moment. You know what? There are multi-billion dollar corporations who couldn't give two cents about God. They hate God. They only have one thing on their mind, and that's make money. Really, they only have one thing on their mind, and that's make the money and get it, no matter what it really takes to do it. And some of these companies, they tried to give a nice facade, but the heart of it is oftentimes just pure greed, regard with no regard for human life. You know, it reminds me of this global corporation that had um, that had these little girls, five years old and six years old, working in a sweat factory for 18 hours a day, stitching soccer balls together, okay? So you work 18 hours a day, you're six years old, by the time you're 20, you completely destroyed and wrecked your body, but that you, you work 18 hours a day, and what do you get? They're gonna, they give you 75 cents for that. But yet those balls are shipped to America with the American corporation the whole time knowing such uh, inhumane injustices are taking place, but not caring. Take that soccer ball, turn around and sell it for $45. Amazing. And, and knowing, knowing that people are being defrauded, having no care or concern for the health of young children even, that doesn't mean anything to them. Why? They just want money. That's all it's about. They could care less about anything else. God's going to shake. You watch. God's going to shake. God's going to call some of these CEOs and board of directors not even to be able to sleep at night. 
And, and God's going to the God's going to do a reckoning. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Now watch this. You kept back by fraud, and these cries are crying out. Uh, the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Who in the world is the Lord of Sabaoth? Who, have, who has heard these cries of, hey, we've been defrauded, we've been plundered, we've been ripped off. Who are these cries reaching the ears of? Who is the Lord of Sabaoth? Well, we have here a name that's a little bit lost due to what's called a transliteration. Sometimes when we bring the name over from Hebrew into a new language, such as that of Greek or the Septuagint New Testament, the name gets lost because it's being carried into a new language. It kind of reminds me of the day I was talking with a, one of our tour guides in Israel while I, while I was in Israel, and he just stopped and he said, Stephen, he said, can I ask you a question? He said, how in the, how in the world, look, well, let me say this, we had just been to Mount Carmel, where the prophet Elijah called down the fire from heaven. He said, how in the world do you guys get the name Elijah when in the Hebrew his name is Eliyahu? How do we go from Eliyahu to Elijah? He said, how can the name be so different? I said, it's lost in transliteration. What happens is coming from one language over into another language in, in the Hebrew. They don't, they don't even have the letter J. So you, you try to put it into a new language. By the time you do all this, it's got something that sometimes we can't, we can't identify it without going back to the original. Well, it says here that the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Who is that? The Lord of Sabaoth is the Lord, uh, the Lord Savah. The, the Lord who is the captain of the angelic armies. All translators agree 100% that is exactly who is being referred to here. So the captain of the angelic armies is going to shake in the last days, and there is going to come a reckoning even in the areas of finance where God is going to shake unlike anything we've ever seen shaken before. You're going to see you're going to see so much fraud get dealt with, so much corruption. You talk about draining the swamp. God's going to drain the swamp. Hallelujah. That's why they're, that's why the enemy's going nuts right now. You have to understand so many politicians sold out the American people. Well, Pastor Stephen, why would they do that? For their own personal gain. For their own personal gain. As long as we're taken care of, who cares about everybody else? Well, you know, I was just in Boston a few weeks ago. You have to understand that the the um, the Boston Tea, uh, you know, the rebellion where they threw all the, the tea into the harbor. Well, Pastor Stephen, why would there be such a revolt? Why such a big revolution? Why would they dump all the tea in the harbor? The people were outraged. Well, why? Taxes were being raised to 2%. And they said, this is absolutely unbearable. We will not pay this tax. And now look. Taxes for most Americans are at least at 35%. Some are even higher. So you had the you had the Boston Tea Party revolt. You had all that take place because taxes were infringing upon 2%. Now, it's total lunacy. It is absolute plundering of the American people. And this is a Christian nation. 
Mm-mm. Founded on biblical principles, biblical moral values, God, Jehovah Savah is going to begin to shake, and you're going to see a shifting of wealth where God's people are going to be empowered. This is a time of building. This is a time of expansion for God's people. Beautiful church buildings are going to be built. Hospitals in the name of Christ are going to be built. Glory to God. It's going to be it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before. Aren't you glad that you're grabbing a secret today of Jehovah? Praise the Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Did you know that every day on the Forex exchange, which is a international currency exchange market, did you know that every day, every single day, over one trillion, not million, not billion. Every day, over $1 trillion are traded. Wow. Let me talk to you just for a moment. You know, did you know that every day on the stock market, billions, hundreds of billions of dollars are exchanged and traded every day? Every day, real estate transactions are unfolding. Look, all it takes, all it takes is for God to send you one angel and the angel give you one ticker symbol with four little letters and you write that down and you go and you do what God said to do and you 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 within a couple of days or a couple of weeks could be a multimillionaire you know I had a prophetess friend of mine well she still is of course but she told me a story that just it just reminds me of the way it used to be it's all changing it's all changing now but she told me that she had a dream and in this dream, she saw four letters, and she knew that that was a ticker symbol, which is a publicly traded stock. And there was a minister, excuse me, not a minister, a businessman, who said, hey, uh, uh, do you know anything about a st- stock market, maybe anything I can invest in? It, you know, if it does well, I, I could be a blessing to you. And she told him her secret of Jehovah. She said, yes, the Lord showed me that this stock is going to do incredibly, incredibly well. And he said, thank you very much. Guess what he did? He went off with that secret of Jehovah. He went off and he made, she told me, she, it's, it's verified proof. He went off and made over a million dollars on that tip. And guess what she got? He gave her a hundred dollars. How about that? Praise the Lord, right? A hundred. So he makes a million from her tip and he gives her, he gives her a hundred dollar bill. She said, she said, Stephen, never again, never again will I do such a thing. See, that, that next thing, let me tell you the next thing. She needs to take that ticker symbol herself and go invest in it. And that's what's starting to take place. God's going to begin to speak to his people in all forms. I'm not saying God's going to speak to you to be in the stock market, but he might. I'm not saying that there's a pastor in New York who in one day, the Holy Spirit said, do not do any trading today un- unless I tell you to make certain purchases or sales. And in one day, he made $400,000 net profit. Now, I-, I know there's probably a few that says, oh, that's no big deal. Well, maybe maybe you're making that every day. But I, I actually think that's pretty good in one day. <laughs> I think to walk off and close the uh, store down after the day and walk out and you've made $400,000 cash in one day. I-, I think that's pretty good personally. Praise God. I have a feeling you do too. Now, here's the thing. You need to start praying in the spirit more. Some of you, you already have your own businesses. But all it takes is for God to touch it. 
there are some of you that are involved in in businesses where it's based upon connections. You know, if if you land the right person, that person can produce incredible potential. Woo! Glory, 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 glory. Mm, can pr- produce incredible wealth. It's it's all about getting connected in the right way. And see that that's why you need to pray in the spirit. Why? So you talk to the right person. You go over there and talk to that person. That person can be the next multi-million uh, multi-millionaire. And now, because maybe you 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 were, you brought that person into something, now maybe you get a royalty off that. Woo, hallelujah. You're like, go, brother, go. Make some more. Hallelujah. I'm praying for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Look, all, all it takes is one word from the Lord. All it takes is for jo- Jehovah Savah to move those angels into your life. Woo, glory to God in a special way where you are walking in the wisdom of God. You're not thinking of just survival. You're not just thinking of like, you know, how you can pay your bill. And just scrape through till the end of the month. You're thinking, Lord, move me into multi-millionaire status. Lord, watch this. Lord, I want to. I want to walk in the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham had tied into it the direct promise of impacting nations. Look, if we're not walking with an impact of touching nations, then we are not walking in the full blessing of Abraham. Mm-mm-mm. It's all there. Genesis chapter 12. God said, I'll bless you and you will be a, a, a blessing. But the blessing is to multitudes. It's a multinational blessing. Mm-mm-mm. You need to get over in the spirit and begin to pray. Lord, Jehovah Savah, help me to wipe out all these debts. And help me to be empowered to wipe out others' debts. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jehovah Savah, I worship you. Oh God, send your angels into my life. Hallelujah. Let the right connections come forth. Let let incredible ideas come to me. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let me let me ask you a question. Do you believe that demons and evil spirits are able to influence people to do wrong things? I, I believe you would say yes. I believe that you would even say that evil that evil spirits and demons can not only influence the ungodly, but they also try to influence through thoughts, okay, suggestions. They also even try to influence God's people to do the wrong thing. Now, of course, we're we're going to uh, not listen to what the enemy would say, but the fact of the matter is, is that evil spirits they try to whisper impure thoughts into the thought life of people. I, I, I think I, I, I think nobody has a problem with understanding. I don't even think uh, sinners have a problem with that. I, I think a lot of sinners, if you ask them, why'd you do that? They'd say, I don't know. Just the thought came to me and I thought I'd do it. You ever think that thought was the devil? Yeah, it probably was the devil. I, I think even sinners have enough sense to realize, yeah, that, that this stuff is uh originating from somewhere that's not good <laughs> outside forces are influencing me to do things remember we're not warring against flesh and blood okay that's why a lot of the blockage it's not flesh and blood it's the enemy that's why you you need angels angels working with you you need jehovah Savah, who's their captain releasing them into your life glory to god 
Hallelujah. Mm -mm. I'm trying to swing back around to where I was at. I'm very happy in the spirit right now. But my friends, let me say this. I believe that angels, absolutely, I believe that angels, they have the ability to influence God's people with pure thoughts. Hey, invest in this. And there can be times you can have a vision, and God can send a vision uh, to you of an angel giving you direction to do something. And please do not try to fabricate something like this. We're not New Age. We're not. We're not uh, into false mysticism or occultic world religions. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. We don't need to do that. Don't want to anyhow. It's demonic. We are in the flow of God's spirit. And I'm just telling you that you get over in the spirit. God can do incredible things. You know, the wealthiest pastor in the world today, who's worth over $150 million net. You know, it's not all spent out there. No, I'm talking in the bank. You know, the wealthiest pastor in the world today was able to come into that tremendous wealth, not because he got it from his church members, because he had a savings and God gave him a word and said, take all of your money and put it into this. And he did it and it just multiplied. It exploded and multiplied. And God knew that was going to happen. So the man heard from God, the man obeyed God. And now he's, he's walking in a very, very powerful anointing in this area. My friends, you need to get into the spirit because Jehovah Savah wants to help you. You need to get over to that place where you're praying in code language. Hallelujah. Like this. See, just walk around. Lord, I praise you. You can walk around and do this. And you say, Lord, Jehovah Savah, you're the captain of the angelic armies. Oh, God, send your angels into my life. Lord, send your angels into my finances and bring me out of debt for your glory. Lord, empower me to be a blessing. Give me an idea. Lord, give me an idea beyond my present circumstance and my present situation to move into a flow of wealth. Hallelujah. And just pray into that. Pray into that. Pray into that. I tell you, I know what I'm talking about, and I know what's going on already behind the scenes in the church. And this is something that you really need to be praying into because Jehovah Savah is moving. He is moving. When you face Goliath, when it look, anytime you're facing spiritual warfare and you, you, you're like, Hey, this is unusual. This is more than just a negative circumstance. This is the devil. This is, this is a embargo of the enemy, a blockade of the enemy trying to look that spiritual warfare. You need to be worshiping the Lord as Jehovah Savah. Okay. You need to shift and you need to come over to this area. Lord, you're the captain of the angelic armies. Come on, Lord. Go to war. Lord, you're a man of war. Lord, smite every enemy before me. Hallelujah. See, we're talking about spiritual opposition. We're not talking about people. Praise the Lord. If there are people to be dealt with, God will do that. But we're talking about the evil forces in the spirit realm that are trying to hold things back. And those angels can come and just clear things out now. Now you can uh, get a breakthrough. You can get a miracle. Now you can also hear from God. God can come and give you a word. And an angel can come give you a word, tell you exactly what to do, and walk you into a realm that is beyond your wildest dreams. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My friends, it's time to pray. 
like you have never prayed before because I believe something's about to break. Something's about to break in your life that's going to be glorious and it's going to be exceptional. Hallelujah. It's going to, it's going to impact your finances in a way that are so dramatic. It's going to be so dramatic. It will change your entire family ancestry from you going onward. I'm telling everybody born after you and your family, they're going to be so happy that you prayed through. Why? Because a righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. You're, you're just going to knock that verse out of the park. You're going to so fulfill that verse. You're going to be able to bless your children and your grandchildren. You're going to have spiritual children. You're going to be blessing people everywhere you go. And look, you got to be blessed to do that. God's going to do it. But my friends, this is a moving of God. There's wealth transferring every day. The wealth has been laid up. But see, you have to understand that the wealth is dynamic. It's moving on all different types of platforms, being traded back and forth, being exchanged. And all it takes is for you to get into the wisdom of God with Jehovah Savai helping you. And you tap into something that just begins to move you into it. And you're like, wow, that was amazing. And see, God, God can just establish you in a certain thing, that you're a certain niche. My friends, be open. Be open to what God is doing. This is an end-time work of God. Remember, it says in James chapter 4 that this treasure has been kept. It has been built up for the last days. This is a last day unfolding of God's Spirit. Father, I pray for everybody watching right now that I know that there's still many questions. But Lord, let them begin to pray into this revelation of you as Jehovah Savah, the captain of the angelic armies. And I pray that they have valid experiences with you in this area where bills are just paid off and debts are wiped out. And in many ways, there's no explanation of how it came. You just caused it to happen. So, Father God, anything and everything they need to break through, let it come now as they begin to worship you as Jehovah Savah. Let them have encounters with you and your angelic army as you begin to move now and reveal yourself to your people in a, in a very knowledgeable, experiential way as Jehovah Savah. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. The Spirit of God is moving. Just pray in the Spirit for a moment. Come on, just let it out. Speak it out. Those of you that have not uh, had your prayer language yet, just yield to the Holy Spirit. Speak out what He gives you. The Lord Jesus will fill you with the Spirit right now. Just speak it out. Speak whatever He gives you. Let it come out. Get over there in the Spirit. Get over there in the Spirit and begin to unwrap these mysteries. Praise God that God has concerning your financial well-being. My friends, this is a secret, a glorious secret of Jehovah. Praise God. Well, let's take communion together today. Grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread, and let's take communion together. Oh, it's so wonderful to serve the Lord Aren't you glad that you're saved on the way to heaven? And while we're here on this earth, we're going to bring just as many people to heaven with us as we can. And we're going to be as much of a blessing to the body of, our, a body of Christ as we can.
Father, we bless this. This is now the flesh and the blood of our Savior. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take the bread. Father, we thank you that this is the body of Christ. We receive it now, and we worship you as Jehovah Savah, the captain of the angelic armies, and we thank you that your angels are working mightily in our lives under the Lord's command. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive his body. Ask the Lord for an idea. Tap into it. Pray into it. Glory to God. Say, Lord, bring me into this. Say, Lord, there's more. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. Glory to God. Pray into it. Get over into the spirit. Look and see what God has for you. He'll show you how to go into this destiny. This destiny of working with Jehovah Savah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. And it's this blood shed for us that gives us access in all, into all of your realm of glory. We thank you, Father. We are kingdom citizens. We are your sons. We are your daughters. We are your people, a holy people, called out, justified, sanctified, set apart, and on fire for you. Father, we give you praise. We receive the blood of Jesus now. Let's drink. Glory, glory. God is releasing wealth creating ideas. God is releasing wealth creating ideas. Pray into it, pray into it, pray into it. Walk the floor back and forth, worshiping the Lord at Jehovah Savah. Watch your debts be absolutely demolished by the angelic army. Woo, hallelujah. This is the time for spiritual warfare. This is not the time to lay down and say, well, I guess God's destined me to be poor and broke. No, this is the time to come into your inheritance. You're going to have to war for it. The children of Israel went into the land the promise they had giants. You have to take it. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. Jehovah Savah, driving out the enemy, watching the Goliaths go down. We know the end of the story. David took Goliath out. Mm. It's amazing when Jehovah Sabah is with you. They all fall. They all go down. Hallelujah. Stand and pray. Hallelujah. And push forward today in the spirit and watch miracles begin to break forth. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.